What's up, Witty King? What's up, Witty Queen? It's your big brother, Demont Pope, a.k.a. King Genesis, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose over pointless excuses, and you are now tuned in to the King Speaks podcast. Yeah! What's up, Witty King? What's up, Witty Queen? Hey, you already know, this is your big brother, Demont Pope, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose, over pointless excuses. Hey, I want to thank you for checking in to the King Speaks podcast where DeMont Pope speaks purpose. Today, I'm speaking purpose with a very special guest, right? Very good friend of mine and also an outstanding entrepreneur, business owner, whatever you'd like to call those of us who are in this field and profession. But without further delay, right, I'm going to let her tell her own story. We're going to get into the interview, but I'm excited and I hope you are too. So without further delay, I want to present the sum and introduce to others, Dr. Ann Burnley. Yeah, what's going on, big sis? How are you? I am good. I am doing really, really well. Thank you for asking. Outstanding. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for you taking time out to come kick it with your little brother over here. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Absolutely. So what we're going to do, our purpose is basically to inspire and motivate Um, some young business owners or future business owners who may want to do what we do, uh, but just may be afraid to take the risk or may just not feel as though uh, they're good enough or may not feel like they can do it. So we just want to use our experience and use our wisdom, our gift and talents to kind of add value and kind of empower them. All right. So without further delay, because I know they got, they, they got things to do. You got things to do. So I'm going to respect everybody's time here. So first thing I want you to do, is let us know who exactly is Dr. Ann Burnley, right? And, and tell us exactly what it is that you do, please. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me. And so, yes, like you already said, my name is Dr. Ann Burnley, but I go by Dr. Ann, A-H-N-E, on social media. I am a mom of a 15-year-old boy, I'm also a physician, a public health physician. I'm an Iraq war veteran. I am a wellness strategist. I am a diversity, belonging and inclusion consultant. Mm -hmm. And above all, I am a brand new women's empowerment speaker. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's a mouthful, but you know what? You know, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I love about it, Dr. Ann, is that you're showing the people like you don't just have to settle for one hat. Like you see this hat I got on my head, like you got one head, but you got so many hats that you're wearing. Right. Right. And and, and, and the word empowerment sticks out to me. Not only that, but you're a mother of a teenage son. You know what I mean? And and, and you're you're a physician. Like, 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 let's, let's not speed past that. Like, like the doctor is real. Let's be honest. Right, it, the doctor right. is real. Like she's, she's really, really taking care medical of medical school. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. And, and I wanted to highlight those Dr. Ann, because we got so many people, even myself, I've been limiting myself for so long thinking that it's just only one thing that I can do now. Don't get it twisted. You have to focus on one area to be great at, and then you can branch off in different areas. But I just wanted to highlight that to show people specifically, right? Our young black women, right? Who got to go up against all the obstacles. Our young black men have to go against um, insurmountable obstacles. But I want to show them that as a black male, 
it's possible. As a black female, it's possible. We are kings, we are queens. And that's what this episode is all about. So thank you for letting us know who you are. Thank you for letting us know who you, what you do. And thank you for doing what you do, right? Thank you. Thank absolutely, you. absolutely. But you know, I got to ask this question, right? Because yes. me being a speaker, uh, mm-hmm. you being a speaker, so we have right. that in common. Like, I can't sit here and say this is Dr. Pope, you know what I'm saying? I can't, right. I'm right. not the physician. I'm not, you know, I'm not even very well articulated, so to speak. Uh, but I speak in my oh, own you space. Do, you, you do good. You well, have your people. Well, you do you. I appreciate you it. people's <laughs> language, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to know this. Um, Let us know, like, did you always, ever since you were a little girl, uh, maybe younger than your son's age, right? Did you always want to be a speaker? Um, Did you always want to be a women empowerment uh, representer, so to speak? And the answer would be no. Wow. From when I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a physician. You know, my mom's sister was a physician. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. (laughs) So I always wanted to be a physician so much so that when I graduated from college, I wasn't sure if being a physician was really my thought Mm. or maybe my parents influence on me. So I paused it a bit. I worked and then finally on my own, I made that decision to go to medical school, which was a good thing because I chose it at that point. So when things got hard, I was like, you pick this. So you better, you know, stick it out. Mm. So, but speaking for me is, is more recent and it's something that I fought against. I just want to say that the sum total of my education prepared me for when I found my compelling purpose, Mm. which is to inspire, motivate, and empower women, especially women who have lost their voice, to use that innate grit, that mental toughness that's inside of us to find that voice and reclaim their power. And my life experience, I was in a toxic relationship for almost 18 years where I lost my voice. Mm -hmm. I stopped advocating for myself. I just was so anxious. I was a shell of the person I was, you know, I used to be, you know, happy go lucky. And it was a challenge to even smile, especially towards the end of that relationship. So once I was able to leave that relationship, mostly because of my son, I think my son gave me that courage because I did not want him to model some of the behavior that existed in the home, you know, alcoholism, you know, just really a toxic environment. I think I did it more for my son than for me. I left mostly because I did not want him to think that behavior, you know, was okay. So I had to do a lot of work on myself, a lot of personal growth, you know, 
I, I, I had to transform myself. And one of the community of women that I aligned myself with, which is part of my journey of healing, I got really close to one of them, one of the women. And, you know, I, I told her my story. We met in a class, um, you know, where we were trying to figure out, you know, how to package, um, like to teach a class, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was swaying towards wellness because that's my comfort zone. You know, I'm a physician, you know, I'm board certified in, um, in um, lifestyle medicine, which basically uses non-med, um, you, you don't use medicine, you use more lifestyle changes to get healthy. When I told her my story, I told her my experience. She said, you need to talk about that. That needs to be what you talk about. And I was like, I cannot, I can't, I can't touch that. She's like, I'm telling you, you may, you may run away from it right now, but there are women out there who need to hear your story. They need to see that it is possible to go from that pain to purpose, from surviving to thriving. He said there are women who need to hear that and there's nobody better than you to tell them. And I tell you, I still fought against it. It took me almost two years to finally say, okay, I'm going to answer this call. And, um, you know, and I took it seriously. I said, okay, I'm committed to doing this. Mm-hmm. This, everything else I have done, my medical education is not wasted. Everything I have done has prepared me to be a women's empowerment speaker. My life experience, because I could not talk about this issue if I had not lived it. Mm-hmm. You know, the toxicity in that relationship, you know, for a while after I got out of that relationship, I used to say, why me? Why me? Why me? And finally, I went from asking why me to finding my why, Mm. to finding my compelling purpose. That struggle that I went through prepared me to be a women's empowerment speaker. So no, it wasn't always speaker for me. I didn't even know you could be growing up. I didn't even know you could be a speaker. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally, yeah, yeah, you could be a teacher, right. but a speaker go on stage and it, it wasn't even in my consciousness. Gotcha. So no, but I got there. Got there. At the right and, time. and what I love about it, and you know, I'm going to highlight some stuff because you just dropped a lot of information, a lot of valuable information. And I don't want the listeners to miss this because I'm even learning. Right. Um, the main thing I want people to understand is that you didn't always set out to become a speaker. Right. Although Correct. speaking was your compelling purpose. Right. And that's the word you use. And I love that purpose right. word because you already know. Right. But you told me that you wanted to become a physician, all things wellness, and you literally became what you wanted to become. And even when it got challenging and it got difficult, guess what your reality check was? You told yourself, hey, this is what I chose. I made this decision on my own, although um, at first you thought it was influenced by your mom, sister, and the upbringing. But once you made the decision, you realize, hey, 
I made this decision, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to see it through and I'm going to get it done and be successful. And you just fed me with that one because it gets hard out here. Let's be honest. As entrepreneurs, it's hard. Right. And and, and even um, being dedicated to the level of education that you had to pursue to become a board certified physician. Like we're talking commitment. We're talking about dedication. Like All of these things are wrapped up in purpose. Right. And then it was the pain right? You said yeah. the pain, the right? Pain. It birthed the purpose. Absolutely. Or, and, 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 and not only that, but the, the struggle, right? You said you, your empowerment helps women go from struggling or surviving to thriving, thriving. pain to purpose, pain. surviving to thriving. I yeah. love that. I love that. And, 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 and listen, from this interview, men can be empowered because you fed me some information. And listen, I want you guys to know, right? If you're getting value from Dr. Ann Burnley right now, if you're getting value from yours truly here, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, right? Hit the notification bell so that you know uh, when we're releasing new content. Also, hit the like, hit the share button, all right? Let 10 of your closest friends or relatives or somebody know what's going on over here because we are speaking life and purpose and we are empowering you. So I don't want the men, right, to, to feel like, okay, she's women empowerment, so she has nothing for me and then click off. No, I need you to stay plugged in because even you can feed some of this information to the women around you. And it's important Absolutely. to me, Dr. Ann, because of course you see I'm a black man, which means I got a black mother. And my mother struggled and I'm a father, I'm a husband. So black women are all around me. So I have to value that. So um, I thank you for pouring that into me. So I have something to pour into them and also just thank them for because because you women are awesome. I can't do the things that my mother did. I can't do the things that my wife does consistently. It's like, listen. I'm about to go somewhere else with this because you done stirred something up on Mm -hmm. the inside of me. Um, But listen, I didn't want them to miss that. Also, listen. Okay, we've talked about the success, right? We've talked about you finding the compelling purpose. We've, we've talked about um, you being pushed into your purpose by someone hearing your story and saying, hey, that pain, that struggle that you've experienced, there's nothing better that you can talk about than what you personally experienced. So you've had a lot of guidance along the way. And you also said that the purpose was always there. You just didn't notice it. And that seems to be something consistently with the interviews, because you got to ask a lot of people the same questions to accumulate enough data to be be able to come to some type of um, results. Right. Right. So the fact that your purpose, like other people I've interviewed so far, the purpose is always there in disguise. It may be disguised as the pain. It may be, it could be waiting. It could be waiting for you to get the, 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 to be become equipped. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it may be there, but you're not ready for it yet. Talk that. Talk that. You're no, getting no. ready. Getting All ready. the other things that you do before you find your compelling purpose, the skills you acquire, the mm-hmm. knowledge you acquire, the experience you acquire, the struggle, the pain, yeah. prepare you and propel you. That's towards it. that compelling purpose. I love that. You know, that's those are three of my favorite words, right? Pain, propelling, and purpose. Like, I love to put those three words together. Let me find out. You've been in some of my notes, Dr. Ann. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Great minds, great minds. Great minds. That's what they say. Great minds think alike, right? So, think alike, right, yeah. Check this out, Dr. Ann. Listen, we know about the success. All right. We know you, 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 you had to make some sacrifice. You had to be dedicated, determined, uh, persistent, and consistent, right? But talk to us 
about that F word, right? I call it profanity from time to time, right? Uh-huh. That talk to us about failure, right? Like what is your biggest failure, right? And, and, and what did you learn from that experience? Because we need to know that failure isn't, um, it isn't really failing, it's learning and it's an experience. Right. If you gain right. something from it, it's not failure. So let's right. talk about that F word, Dr. Ann. So it's funny that you, you, you say that because my, what I considered my biggest failure ended up being the thing Come on. that led me towards my purpose because it was in my struggle. For a really long time, I considered staying as long as I did 18 years in that marriage as a failure. I knew around year five that, you know, this, it just wasn't right. But there is something about overachievers. We don't give up. Mm, We don't throw in the towel. That's right. You know, we, 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 we think we can fix it. We struggle to fix it. Even faced with all the evidence from medical, you know, I cannot fix an alcoholic. Mm. The only person I can change is myself. But I stayed in there hoping, wishing, praying as the years went by that something would change. And I think finally I realized that I cannot change. You know, my, my, my heart was speaking mm-hmm. what my head already knew. I mean, as a physician, you know, I know you, you can't want sobriety for an alcoholic more than they wanted for themselves. So it's like each decade that went by, I was like, oh my gosh, things are not changing. In fact, they were getting worse. So for a really long time, I consider that one of my biggest failures, not leaving sooner. But I think my perspective has changed because the second part is that, you know, it would be a failure. It would have been a failure. Initially, it was a failure because I was so angry. I was so bitter. I kept saying, why me? Why me? Why me? But there was a purpose for that struggle. It got me to where I am right now. Okay. That pain led me to my purpose. So that is what I learned. So I'm not going to call it a big failure, my biggest failure, I would say up to date, it's been my biggest challenge. Mm, Okay. Because I learned something from it. It forced me to look inwards. It forced me, you know, to grow personal growth. It forced me to change my mindset. It forced me to, to, to go within and find that soul part of me, that spiritual part of me. So it went from being my biggest failure to my biggest struggle to date. 
because I learned something from it. It would have been a failure if I had not learned anything from it. So I, I know, you know, I, I hope that answers the question. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. How I see it. Yeah, it answered the question perfectly clear um, because like you said, it started out as the ultimate failure. Um, and in your eyes, because we, we can't see uh, beyond where we are and where we've been. Like you had no idea where it would lead you to. And it, it, you're stirring up some things and I, I just gotta be transparent. Like, you know, cause that's what we are doing. We are trying to give value. Now we're talking about uh, business owners and entrepreneurship, but life is a part of that. And, right. and, and, and when we're talking about failure, like as you were speaking, it was stirring up so much in me because I'm, I'm remembering my failures as, you know, a husband, like I failed twice as a husband, right? I failed twice. And I grew up, those of you who know my story, you guys know, and those who don't know, like I grew up in a toxic household, like where, where my father was an alcoholic and abusive. And, and then when he finally uh, parted ways with my mom, I felt abandoned and rejected because he never came back. Then, you know, wasn't even sure, still not sure if he's actually my biological father. But then I started to personify the characteristics and the behavior that I hated growing up that, that made right. my mama cry, that made us cry and fearful. What do you do when you start personifying that bad behavior? So when you talk about the level of struggle of leaving, right, for, for the sake of your son, because it was for the sake of my children that I said, hey, listen, I, I cannot stay in this toxic situation any longer. And I'm not pointing blame at one person. We both were at fault. We both right. had some issues. But to me, Dr. Ann, it was my biggest failure because I felt like I know how it feels to grow up in a household without my father. How dare I, first of all, make a vow and not be able to man up and handle that, no matter how hard I try. How dare I put my kids in the same situation? But then I turned around and realized that as I'm watching my kids grow, that was the best thing I could have done for them. Right. Because now they see as I am happily married, as I am disciplined, as I am wise, as I did the healing and the health work in myself, now I have an opportunity to show my children what a real marriage is supposed to look like what a right. real happy home is supposed to look like so right. you stirred up some stuff that wasn't even a part of this interview and I can feel the shift in this interview and you got to be sensitive to those things because obviously whenever this is being published or broadcast you who are listening there is something that you need to get from this which is why the energy shifted from just being a standard interview questions to now a, a, a legit empowering moment. This is an empowerment moment for young men and women, because now here you have it from two different perspectives, right? right. You have it from two different perspectives. And, and you, listen, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful uh, for this interview, Dr. Ann, and for you even opening up being transparent, because guess what you did? You just confirmed that your friend was right when she said, this is what you got to talk about. Right. You started talking about this and you done shifted the whole, um, the whole interview. Look what you, you know, done stirred up in me. <laughs> I'm going to jump in there and say, what you experience, a lot of people, especially people who come out of... Um, homes with alcohol, drug abuse, yeah. those children out of those homes. Talk about it. They, 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 they make these vows that they're not going down that road. Come on, come on. Come on. Don't make me cry on here, doc. But <laughs> a not insignificant portion of them end up going down that same path. You know, and that was one of the considerations which pushed me, you know, that night, I call it my crossroads, mm -hmm. where 
we had all been out and it was time to go home and I just was tired. I did not have it in me to fight for the keys. I'm 5'4", he was 6'4". I was just tired, okay? I got into the back of that car with my son. He was nine years old. And on the ride home, I started to talk to myself. I was like, no, you did not just do this. You did not just get into this car with your son. Knowing that the person driving this car is impaired. No, you didn't do that. You made the same decision for yourself so many times before. And now you are bringing in a minor, this child that you're supposed to protect with your life, you are putting him in danger. I had that, I was just talking in my head. I was having this conversation and I just felt something inside of me. And that just said, enough of this foolishness. I made a decision that same night. I was done because my fear was that if I raised my son in that environment you know he was getting old old uh, old enough to start noticing the 6 a.m you know drunken arrivals from wherever that gets internalized so even though your conscious is saying I am not gonna be like that I cannot be like that person your subconscious is taking that in. Mm, You're looking at somebody who is that person you respect behaving a certain way and it is filtering into your subconscious. And Mm. so when it comes to time to make a hard decision, I've had one too many drinks Uh, it's going to be a hassle to call somebody to come get me or to call a cab or to call an Uber or a Lyft. Subconsciously, you say, well, dad did it. That person, that adult in your life, he did it. He got home. So maybe just this one time I'm going to do it. And it becomes, it is a slippery slope. You go down that same path. You wonder, I, this is what I said I wasn't going to do. Come on, doc. But you know what that does though? You recognize then that person. It's not the person that you did not like. It is the behavior. Mm. You, 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 it brings a compassion where you you get an understanding, you know, you, you, you maybe turn from maybe hating that person, not liking that person to hating the behavior, hating the destructive behavior. So it is, it is absolutely not uncommon for yeah. kids who come out of that situation, yeah. who against, you know, every promise they make yeah. end up going down that road yeah 
Yeah, listen, y'all, listen, hurry up and hit that subscribe button. Hurry up, hit that notification bell. Hurry up, like, and share this. Listen, like, we just, we just finna, like, forget the interview. We gonna get the questions in, but right now, I just feel the need to just, we finna bless somebody. That's what we doing here. Because what you're talking about, Dr. Ann, is, like you said, you, you, you have a strong dislike for that person, right? It go from total respect and admiration, right, to a dislike, and then sort of a hate for that person. And then what happened in my life, if we be full transparent, is when I started becoming that person, guess what? The dislike, the hate that I thought I felt for that person, it began to be the dislike and the hate for my own self, yes. not realizing it was the behavior, Dr. The Ann. Behavior. It was the behavior that I disliked. The it was behavior. the behavior that I hated. It was the characteristics that wasn't me. Oh my God. And you know how yes. many times I struggled with depression. I struggled right. with suicidal thoughts, Dr. Ann, because I thought it was me. Right now, it was my behavior, right? Because I wasn't in control of myself like I should have been, right? But it was the behavior. So I hope we're helping somebody here with this transparency because it's not easy for us to get on a platform of any kind, right? And tell the stories that we're telling, but that's the whole purpose, right? Get it? That's the whole purpose, right? Our pain, right, has propelled us into our position of purpose. And had we not gone through the pain, we wouldn't right. have anything to tell you about this right tell now. You, about. you know what I'm saying? So I'm, right. oh man, I'm so grateful for the way this is going and the way it is transitioning. Now, listen, I got to ask you this. Now let's jump back into the interview questions. I think we, we done blessed you and we finna continue to bless you, right? Now, Dr. Ann, because clearly I can tell with, with the stories that you've told, I know for a fact, I don't even have to ask you if you've ever been misunderstood, right? Because most of my guests have been, including myself, right? So now let me ask you this. What is it that people misunderstand about you the most? A lot of times when people meet me, people think I'm arrogant. Mm. But what it is, I have maybe some social awkwardness, social anxiety. And so I'm not the kind of person who walks into a room and you know there's some people who can walk into a room and just start talking and literally work the room they walk into a room and they just start working the room (laughs) i'm the kind of person if i walk into a room where it's unfamiliar i tend to be that person who hangs back Mm -hmm. and you know first thing i'll do if i enter a room i scan the room to see if there's somebody (laughs) that i know and if I see somebody there, I know I make a beeline for that person. And, you know, yes. Yeah. So, right. so for me, it takes a little more, you know, work to, to come out of that, that shell. And some people think, oh, because she's a physician, she's arrogant. For me, being a physician is a profession. I tell people all the time, it's a profession. I have a job to do. My job does not make me more important than anybody else. The example I use all the time is the guy who collects my garbage is important. Mm -hmm. Because if he doesn't collect my garbage, my life becomes miserable. (laughs) You know, the guy who repairs my washer and dryer, he's important too. Because if my washer and dryer is not working, if they're not working, I don't know how to fix it. Come on, let's go there. He's the expert. Mm -hmm. She's the expert. 
So we all have our functions. I don't believe one profession is more valuable than another. We all bring value. You know, we are all interdependent on each other. You know, if I go to the grocery store and the person who, 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 who picks the, the, the vegetables or the fruit didn't do that job, I don't know how to pick fruit. Mm, come on now. If I go to the store, it's there. Somebody did that job. So mm. we all bring value to this life. So, I mean, most times when I go to places, people don't know I'm a physician. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of go undercover, you know, especially if I'm meeting a new provider for myself, uh, for my, for my son, I don't say anything. They don't know what I do. I just observe how that person treats me, mm-hmm. you know, how that physician, that nurse practitioner, that physician's assistant, how that person treats me, how that nurse treats me when they do not know what I do. You know, because the moment they find out I'm a physician, they make an adjustment. Because they won't, yeah, because, come on, talk about it. Which, you know, they make a certain adjustment is made, you know, but we should treat people, you know, the same, regardless Mm. of what it is that they do, because we all bring value. So I think for me, the most misunderstood part for people who don't know me they think I am arrogant. I don't know if it's something that I project necessarily. I tend to be a little, like I said, a little reserved. But once you get to know me, good luck shutting me up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like literally, you cannot shut me up. Wow. Once I get comfortable in the environment, I am just like, you know, I'm just yeah. in it. So I think probably that's one of the things that um, some people, and it could be, it could, it could be that, you know, it's not what I am necessarily projecting Mm -hmm. because sometimes people also may project Mm -hmm. on you. Yeah. You know, um, some of my friends have told me that, oh, you know, maybe somebody said this or said that. And my friends go to battle for me. She's like, oh, no, she's not like that at all. She's not like that at all. I'm not the kind of person who insists people um, address me by my professional title. Most times I'm calling you doctor to people. (laughs) I say I'm Anne. You know, I don't necessarily, my, my friends would be like, she's doctor. She's doctor. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop. They say, put some you know? respect on her name. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess I earned it. So yes, I'll, that's fine. You can call me. Uh, you can call me that. I, I guess also because in that marriage, one of the ways, you know, in an argument, you know, he would be like, doctor. And I was like, why is this even coming in? Okay, fine. Yeah, I I am a doctor. I did go to medical school. I mean, like, is that supposed to be some kind of, you know, put down, you know? So I cannot tend to shy away from literally introducing myself. Number one, because I want to know how people would treat me without them knowing I was a physician. And number two, because it's, just another profession. 
So listen, you are a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. And I've had quite a few guests on here um, with wealth and, of information and knowledge and wisdom and experience. And, and that's the whole purpose. And that's why our paths has crossed because we're, we're even though we're on different platforms and in different areas of our life, like our crosses, our paths cross because we both aligning with purpose. And I'm, I'm so excited and grateful for all of the guests um, that I've had on. And I'm very grateful for you taking time out to come in here and shake things up a bit right quick. And, and before we get out of here, we still got a, uh, a little more to talk about, but before we get Absolutely. out of here, what I want you to do is let the people know like where they can find you, your social media handle, uh, your website information. Like, do you got something big coming up or are you working on like, let us know what's going on with you. So right now my website is under construction, but you can find me on Instagram, where I'm most active with my, um, you know, inspirational, motivational, empowering, um, my Instagram handle is at Dr. Ann, underscore Ann. So uh, at D as in Delta, R as in Richard, underscore A as in Apple, H as in Hello, N as in Nancy, E as in Echo. So Dr. Underscore on on Instagram. Love it. Love it. Love it. Y'all make sure y'all go follow her, do whatever you got to do to stay plugged in with what Dr. Ian got going on, AKA Dr. On. You understand what yeah. I'm saying? Um, listen, I'm truly grateful for you. Um, before we get out of here, listen, I got one more request of you, right? Like what is one piece of advice, right? One piece of advice that you would give someone starting out in your particular industry, whether it's uh, being a physician, because listen, although we, we were talking about entrepreneurship and business ownership, like your purpose, right? There are career fields and jobs that aligns with purpose and being a physician is definitely a job that aligns with purpose. So um, what would you say to a person starting out in your particular industry, whether it be uh, becoming a physician or becoming a empowerment speaker? Across all, you know, professions, businesses, the one word that comes to mind is persistence. Mm. Persist, be persistent, persevere. You know, um, if something comes easy, you have to be suspicious. You have to work for it. Okay. I mean, I remember when I was in medical school, I didn't go to the movies for four years Wow! because literally um, if I did maybe four movies, like there's a whole chunk of time where people will be talking about movies and I'll be like, Oh really? When was that? And when I look, it was within the time I was in medical school because I had a singular focus. I did not have time for distractions. I was focused on my goal. And, you know, I, I, you know, people say, oh, you know, I meet people, young people who change their minds about going to medical school or doing something else. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because they say it takes a, too much time. Mm -hmm. We have nothing but time. Mm -hmm. The time, you know, my mom always used to say to me when I was a teenager, she said, this life is still going to be here when you're done. Yeah. It's going to be here 
you know, I was trying to sneak out to go to the nightclub and everything. She's like, it's going to still be here. You need to have priorities. So prioritize the important things. You know, I used to want to sneak out to go to the club right now. You can't pay me to go to the club. (laughs) You cannot pay me to go to the club. I mean, you do all that stuff and you get to a point where your best day, you know, is chilling at home, mm-hmm. not in the club. You'd be like, yeah. I have to get dressed and you know, <laughs> get out in the club. I used to go out in the winter, in winter coats to the club. Yeah. Now I can barely, there are other things that are much more important. So you have to sacrifice, be persistent, sacrifice, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, to, to get the ultimate um, um, price, to get the reward. So, you're, you know, be purposeful, persistent, persevere, and just stay the course. I love it. Stay the course, y'all. In other words, allow us to, to tell you in plain English, listen, success, you can't get on the elevator. You can't get on the, what, is, what you call it, the escalator or whatever. Mm-hmm. You got to take the stairs. Like you got to take it step by step. You got to climb up because if you do rush the work, up, yeah, mm-hmm. you got to do the work. You can't, you can't just try to take the easy route because once you get there, you have no foundation to stand on. So the persistence, the commitment, the dedication is building the foundation. And as we speak to you, we're speaking to ourselves and reminding ourselves of this also, because anytime I believe a, a messenger has a message for a group of people, I feel like that message is supposed to hit home first. So everything mm-hmm. we're telling you is what we have to live ourselves. So I thank you all for staying uh, tuned in listening um thank you so much dr ann for stopping by kicking it with me um hey again guys hit the subscribe notification bell like share comment do whatever you got to do um listen before actually before you go real quick i want the young people to know let's go what you see on social media is not the whole story come on now a lot of times the people you see on social media who are doing well or i'm talking about the ones who are really doing well not the ones who are acting like they're doing well yeah (laughs) it's a difference you do not see the number of times they failed or they fell down you're only seeing their success you know they failed they fell a hundred times before so don't just look at them and think you know how did they get there? They put the work in. Mm-hmm. They did not succeed. They kept, they persisted because if they had given up, they wouldn't be where they were right now. So that, I just had Listen. to put that in because social media influences our young people so, so, so much. much. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. Like I said, you done came in here and you just shift the whole flow with the interview. And I love it because we gonna, we know we're giving value on this one. But I like when you brought that up about not paying so much attention to the people's highlights on social media. It's simply because uh, I like to use the analogy, um, the sports analogy, because we know everybody's always comparing Michael J- uh, Jordan, Jordan and LeBron James. And, you know, they talk about Kobe and these are Kobe. great icons and, and they're excellent. But guess what? Steph Curry, like all of these great elite basketball players, like we never see or we never talk about how many shots they missed in practice. Right 
how long they had to practice when no one was watching. All we see right. is when the clock is counting down and they reach up to take that game winning shot and it right. goes in and we it's, think that they've always hit all the shots. But right, the truth exactly. be told, they've missed more shots than they've hit. And all exactly. we know is the ones they've hit. So right. thank you, Dr. Ann, for highlighting that. Listen, y'all. I don't even want to go. I wish I had a lot more time. But again, I told y'all at the beginning, I was going to respect everybody's time. So listen, man, until next time, it's your big brother, DeMont Pope, a.k.a. Mr. Purpose over Pointless Excuses. Hey, that's your big sister over there, Dr. Ann Burnley. All right. And again, we thank you for spending time with us, Dr. Thank Ann. And uh, let me know how I can be of service to you in any way, uh, form or fashion that I can. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. And thank you for inviting me. Thank Absolutely. You so the pleasure was all mine. Hey, y'all, that's all we got for this episode. We'll see y'all next week. Yeah. Listen, I need your help. If you've been enjoying the King Speaks podcast, then I need for you to go ahead and click the support option to support this podcast with a monthly donation as little as 99 cents to help sustain future episodes. What's happening, King? What's happening, Queen? I want to thank you for taking time to listen in. That's going to be a wrap for this episode. Hey, listen. Gravity and negative energy is always at work to pull you down. That's why on the King Speaks podcast, we don't say hold it down. We say hold it up now. So until next week, hold it up, King. Hold it up, Queen. Go in peace.